0: Well, good morning, everybody. So glad to see you here today, especially if this is like what John said, your first time with us. Man, we're just thrilled that you're here. Well, I'll tell you, we have reached now the final weekend of 2018. And I'll tell you, 2018 was a great year, but this final worship service, you know what that is? You know what that represents? It represents that we as a church family have gathered together like this and worshiped in this place 52 times together this year. That's pretty awesome. That's, but you know what's even more awesome, yeah, is that since we are a church with multiple services, if in case you didn't know, we have four of them. We have a Saturday night service and three here on Sunday mornings. It means that we have gathered together like this as the body of Christ 208 times in 2018. That is fantastic. 208 times we've gathered together to sing praises to God. 208 times we have gathered together to share communion and to reflect and remember that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. 208 times that the Word of God has been proclaimed from this stage in 2018. Now 208 kind of sounds like a lot. And honestly, 208 is a lot. I, I will oftentimes joke with our staff as we go home. You guys, this may be a shock to you, but after four services, usually we're pretty tired. And uh, I know that's surprising to you, I'm sure. But, but I will joke with our team and we sometimes talk about, man, I'm kind of wiped today. I'm ready to go home. Um, I will say, hey, don't forget that we get to do on a single weekend what the average church does in an entire month. And so, yeah, we should be tired. So, yeah, so 208 times, that, that is a lot. 208 times um, means something to me that I hope it means the same thing to you. 208 means that God is doing something very special here at New Life Christian Church. 208 means that there is some momentum and there is some excitement. And I hope that a part of our church family, every last one of us feels some of that momentum, some feels some of that excitement and that you get to be a part. We all get to be a part of what God is doing there. 208 means that our church family is growing. Uh, It means that there are uh, needs that are growing and there are opportunities that are growing as well. 208 means that there are people finding new life in Jesus Christ and are walking daily with our Heavenly Father. 208 reminds me that it has been a good year. And I believe what we should do here on our last weekend of 2018, I think it'd be a good opportunity for us as a church family to celebrate just a little bit. Now when I say celebrate, I do not mean in the least that we should get together and toot our own horn. That's not what I mean. When I say celebrate, I think it's a good opportunity for us to get together and celebrate all that God is doing. To turn our eyes toward heaven and proclaim that we serve a great God who is doing great things among his people. And to say, look at all the wonderful things God is doing. That's what I mean when I say celebrate. In the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1, it says this. That there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the sun. Now, if you've read that passage before, it begins to list off a time for this and a time for that, a time for this and a time for that. You get down to verse 4, it says there's a time to weep, and there's a time to laugh, there's a time to mourn, and there is a time to dance. I believe that there is a season for everything. There is a time for everything under the sun, and I think that it's time for us to just spend some time reflecting on God's goodness, thank Him for His provisions, how he's changed lives, and for all that he has done for us. And that's what we're going to do today. God gets all the glory. Amen? Amen? And We should always be seeking out ways to, to point that out to people, to deflect praise his way. Because all praise is his. And if we ever, ever, ever get into our minds that somehow this is about us, or to say, look at all the great things that we are doing, then, then, then we are in the wrong, and I'll tell you, we might just end up like King Nebuchadnezzar one day. You know who King Nebuchadnezzar was, don't you? In the book of Daniel, we read all about him. The time I'm referring to is when uh, he was standing up on the rooftop of his palace, and King Nebuchadnezzar looked out on the city of Babylon, and he said this, and I'm gonna quote him exactly. He said, is this not the great Babylon I have built? As the royal residence by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty. Now that's pretty arrogant, isn't it? Now, this is not a king that had zero knowledge of God. No, no, no. He had interacted, he had exposure to God. This is the same king who took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and threw them in the fiery furnace and was shocked when they were not killed. But what happened? You remember? Not only did they come out unharmed, but there was a fourth in the furnace with him. The Bible says that Nebuchadnezzar looked in there and he goes, that looks like the son of God. No, 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 this is somebody that had exposure to the great things God was capable of. of. So it's not shocking, but it is a little surprising that somebody who had that exposure would say, look what I have done, look at how powerful I am, look at how mighty I am, look how awesome I am. That's what King Nebuchadnezzar was saying. And then the Bible says the words were not even off of his lips. And there was a voice from heaven, and, and, and it said that, that you are going to be driven from people. You are going to live like a an wild animal. You are going to eat grass like an ox until you acknowledge that God is the most high and that he can do what he pleases and give to who he wants. And we read next that King Nebuchadnezzar was driven from people, and that's exactly what happened. He lived out in the wilderness like a wild animal for years until... He humbled himself and acknowledged that God was who he was. I can't think of one time in the entire Bible where it worked out good for somebody who refused to give honor to God. I can't think of one time when somebody said, hey, look what I'm doing, and that actually turned out well for them. No, 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 we're not going to be like that. We're going to be a church that says, look what God is doing. Isn't God doing great things? Look at all the wonderful things he has done. And we're going to deflect honor and praise back to God. I really hope and pray that our church is very much like a Psalm 118 church. Psalm 118 is a psalm that was written about God's deliverance and about the eruption of praise that followed God's salvation and deliverance. Let me just read a few verses to you. Psalm 118, starting in verse 14, it says this, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. I will not die but live and will proclaim what the Lord has done. If you jump down a few verses to verse 23, it says this. The Lord has done this and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Oh, I do believe that it is a good thing to celebrate what the Lord has done. And as we look back over this past year that we have, it is not difficult for us to say the Lord has done this, or to say let us rejoice, or to let out some shouts of joy, or to say that the victory resounds in this place because of the Lord. I look around and I'm reminded that the Lord's right hand has done mighty things. Let us rejoice in the Lord. So today we're going to do all of that. And I don't really want you to think of me as your preacher today. I would rather you think of me as your pointer. I want to point you to different things that have happened this year. I want to point out some things that God has done so that we can celebrate that together. And the first thing that I would like to point out to you today is the very first day of 2018. That's right, January 1st, 2018. And you might be wondering, well what's so special about January 1st, 2018? Well, here's what's special about it. If my timeline is correct, January 1st, 2018 would be the first time since 2009 that we as a church family started the new year off as a completely debt-free congregation. And all God gets all the glory for that. You can clap for that. That's right. This entire year, we as a church family have been operating free from the bondage of debt and God gets the glory for that. If you're newer to new life, then you may not be aware that for, you know, you know eight, nine years now, we've been, been, been uh, living with some debt. Now that debt was the result of a building expansion um, project that all of us today are benefiting greatly from, benefiting from the faith. And the courage and the generosity of the church who just a little bit less than a decade ago believed that the Lord was calling them to even greater things. That our community was changing and that the needs were great. The spiritual needs were great in this community. And so they stepped out on faith and did a very big thing for God many years ago. Many of those people are still very active in our church today tell you, God's calling on our congregation to meet the spiritual needs in our community is still very strong. And what being debt-free this year has allowed us to do, how I describe it, it's allowed us to spread our wings a little farther, to soar a little higher, and all praise to God for that. I think being debt-free should also serve as a great reminder to each and every one of us that God takes care of His church but this is Christ's church. You know, our name's not on the sign. Christian church is on the sign. Christ's name is on this church. It's his. We get to be the body of Christ. He is the head of the body over everything. And it was Jesus who said that gates of hell will not overcome my church. And it should be a great reminder to us that God takes care of us. He keeps his promises. So praise God. Here's something else that we need to praise God for in 2018 because this past year we got to witness 38 people step out in faith and choose to follow Christ and be baptized this year. And that is an awesome thing. In case you don't know, right behind this screen behind me, there is a baptistry. And every time somebody uh, chooses to get baptized, this middle screen goes up and we get to witness this new life in Christ. We get to witness something that the Bible says causes all of heaven to rejoice So those 38 people, we're going to celebrate God for it. It's not just these 38 people, but there are also many others who have made decisions about their faith in Christ this year. Many who were far away from God and had left the church, but have since reconnected with the faith of their childhood, come back alive for Jesus. Their faith has been revitalized. God is doing something very special in many people's lives, and we give him all the glory for that. Friends, can I I ask you a question? I think this is a question that we should be able to answer. Every last one of us that calls New Life their home church should be able to answer this question. And the question is this, what is the purpose of the church? Do you know the answer? If somebody, a friend of yours say, hey, what's the purpose of your church? Would you know what to say? I can tell you that the purpose of our church is found in the very words of Jesus Christ himself. Jesus said, The Son of Man came to do what? To seek and to save the lost. That's the purpose of our church, to seek and to save the lost. Jesus said this to his disciples right before he ascended into heaven. This passage is known as the Great Commission. It's found in Matthew chapter 28. Jesus said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. It's the last thing that he said to his disciples Go out and make disciples. And he says, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Surely I'll be with you always to the very end of the age. Friends, the purpose of the church has never changed. We exist to seek and to save the lost. We are going to be about the work of making disciples. And that will continue to be the center of everything that we do here at New Life Christian Church. So we celebrate change lives. We celebrate new life in Christ. We absolutely point glory to God for these 38 people who followed Christ were baptized this year. And I'll tell you, 2018 has a very special place in my heart this year. It always will, because this was the year that my two sons said, I want to follow Christ. And my wife and I got to baptize them this summer right there. It's been a special, special year. I give God all the glory for that. Something that we pray for often here among our church leadership is that we pray that these baptistry waters will be stirred every weekend. We pray even more specifically than that, Lord, every service, every weekend. Lord, would you send somebody who wants to follow you? Can we have that kind of influence as a church? That that we pray, Lord, would our evangelistic fire burn hot would we never lose that intensity? But rather, Lord, would you fan the flame of that evangelistic fire in our church? And it would grow hotter and hotter every year until you come back again. We get to be a part of many great things in this church, but the main thing has always been and will always remain the, the main thing, and that is making disciples, baptizing people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything the Lord has said. And if we ever lose sight of that, or if we fail to continue in that singular mission as a church family, then we have truly drifted far from why Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead. So we give glory to God for that. Here's something else that we need to celebrate in 2018. We need to praise God that in 2018, we saw the highest level of participation in our life groups we've ever seen here at the church. In fact, over the last four years, participation in life groups has continued to climb, and that has been incredible. As we look back over 2018, we were able to to have 33 life groups spread throughout our community. Those 33 life groups were filled with 460 adults. That is well over half of the adults in our congregation meeting together to study, to pray, to fellowship. I appreciate Pastor Mario um, leading us in two group link events. And some of you were part of those group link events, which help promote and provide um, access to life groups and participation. I can't say good, enough good things about life groups. I would say that if seeking and saving the lost is the primary mission of our church, then I would say that life groups would be a wonderful expression of unity and community within our church family. Now, is that the only expression of unity and community? Of course not. There's lots of ways to express that. But life groups certainly are a a wonderful expression of that. As people in our church meet in smaller groups, They gather together to pray, to study God's Word, to discuss God's Word, to do life together. It's a wonderful thing. You know, in the book of Acts, you get to chapter 2, and we read that the church, the very first church, the very first Christians um, got started. And it says early on in the book of Acts that these early Christians, they were devoted to four things. Do you remember what they were? It says they were devoted to the apostles' teaching, which if you recall, Jesus said, you go out and teach people to obey everything I commanded you. So the apostles' teaching was them teaching the early Christians what Jesus had taught them. That would later become the New Testament. So when we say the apostles' teaching, we say obey God's word. They were committed to the words of Jesus and what he taught. They were also committed to this word, fellowship. And I can tell you, they were not committed to coffee and donuts. That word, that Greek word is koinonia. That means they did life together. That's kind of how we describe it today. They were involved in each other's lives. It wasn't a once a week thing. It was a daily thing. They they went through the highs and lows with other Christians around them. They, They got down in the trenches if it was necessary. They flew like eagles when it was time to do that. They did life. They cried. They laughed. They put their arms. They prayed. It was fellowship. They were devoted to it. They were devoted to breaking a bread. We call it communion. In other words, the early Christians, they're were like, we're never gonna forget that Jesus died for us. They're devoted to that. And they were devoted to prayer, prayed often together. I think life groups really helps us as a church family stay focused, stay committed, stay devoted to the same things. So we need to praise God for the unity and the community that we have experienced in 2018. And I would say this, is New Life Christian Church a perfect church? No. Far from it. Like one of our elders says all the time, oh, this isn't the perfect church because I'm here. <laughs> kind of helps remind us we're not a perfect church. Is there some areas that we need to grow in as a church? Yes. Is it, there some areas that, need to, that we need to make some improvement on? A lot of areas. Administration, communication, communication. Um, absolutely. There's areas. But we praise God for the harmony that we do have in this church. And we pray for his continued protection and mercy as we extend the same mercy to one another. In case you're wondering, life groups kick off again in about a month, so if you're not in a life group but you'd really like to be in one, boy, just just listen and pay attention to bulletins and announcements. We're going to be telling you all about it here in the next couple weeks. We also need to celebrate this. We need to celebrate um, all of these events that have happened in the life of our church, things that have taken place that have ministered to people and touched people's lives. And and there's so many things. I can't even list all of them for you, but I just want to point out a few of them that we need to reflect praise to God for what he's done. The, The first one I want to tell you about is we need to praise God for what he's doing in our Discover New Life class and in our starting point groups. Every couple months we offer a Discover New Life class, which is for anybody who's looking to maybe place their membership of the church or get to know the church better, meet some leaders. That's that's really been a good thing. And then at the conclusion of every Discover New Life class, we start what's called a starting point group. And the starting point group meets right here on Sunday mornings. It meets right down the hall. And that goes on for about eight weeks in a row. And that is specifically for people who are new to the faith or who are returning to church after being away for a long time, or they've got sincere questions about what it means to be a Christian, or what the Bible's all about. And boy, I tell you, I, I could share with you some stories about the good things that God is doing through that starting point group every time we do it. People coming to know Jesus, being strengthened in their faith, reconnecting with their Heavenly Father. We need to praise God for that. You know what else I I saying praise God for? Do you remember Easter? Do you remember how Easter in 2018, that it fell on April Fool's Day? Do you remember that? I I remember waking up that morning going, how is it that Easter falls on April Fool's Day this year? And then I had this thought, he is a fool who doesn't believe that Jesus rose from the dead. But Easter that year saw the highest attendance we've ever had at a worship service. And I remember going home praising God. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing here. I think about some of the other events we've had in this church, like one that comes to mind is uh, we had a spaghetti pie auction fundraiser for our youth ministry. Do you remember that? How many of you came and were part of that? What a fun evening. We've done it for a couple of years, years. The whole night is a fundraiser to help um, offset the cost of some of the summer programming as our high school and junior high students go to CIY and camps and things like that. And we raised more money that night than we've ever raised for anything like that before. And it was just a lot of fun, and we give praise to God for that. I think about Vacation Bible School. This summer, we did a VBS and and I saw countless amounts of people from our church who just rose up and said, yes, put me in. I wanna wanna help plant the seeds of the gospel for kids and and it was a huge outreach to our community. Every night, kids came in here. I don't remember how many, but it was a lot. Filled up this room and they sang praises to God. They learned about Jesus and on the very last night, all their families came, packed out the house. It was a big glory to God evening. I think about this summer. This summer. How we sent more kids, more students than we ever have in the history of the church to Christ and youth conferences. CIY, if you've ever heard us talk about it like that. CIY is where the camp that my son came home and said, I'm ready to follow Jesus now. CIY is what we help raise funds for at the spaghetti dinner. We celebrate God for all the changed lives, just not my sons, but many in our youth group that came home more committed to the Lord, came home, I want to follow Jesus, and they're still living out that faith every day. Praise God for that. I think about what God is doing within the women's ministry of our church. There, uh, there are things happening in small groups and large groups among women. We had an If Gathering conference here at the church, and we had a whole slew of ladies come and be a part of that. Just a few weeks ago, we had this women's event called Mugs, Muffins, and Men's. I was shocked when I found out that, oh, like 170 ladies came and were a part of that. God's doing something very special among the women's ministry at our church. We need to praise God for that. Now, that's not to say that God's not doing things special among men's ministry. There's things happening there as well. Earlier this year, we had a men's breakfast. About 80 guys come out and be a part of that. Dr. Mark Scott came and, um, and spoke and inspired the guys. There's things right now being planned behind the scenes for how we're going to increase and, and develop a great men's ministry throughout 2019. We need to praise God for that. Good things are happening. I Think about one of my favorite events of the whole year which is our annual church picnic. Takes place on the last, usually on the last Sunday night in August. So yeah, it's, it's, it's burning hot. But our, our fellowship has gotten large enough that we can't do anything like that here. We go across the street to Reardon Hall and basically our church just kind of takes over that entire facility from the miniature golf to the playground to the swimming pool. I, I mean, it's just all new life people. You know what I love about that event every year? is it gives us an opportunity to step back and look at all the people and say, isn't God good? Look at how this church has grown. Look at our fellowship. Look at these people that we're meeting and getting to know and experiencing new life in Jesus. We praise God for that. I think about our trunk or treat event that we had just a few months ago. Boy, that did not go as planned. Our original plan was that we are going to set up this upper parking lot full of cars. We're going to open the trunks, and kids are going to come in their costumes like they do every year, get some candy. We're going to send them home with some information about the church and, and, and say, God bless you. But what happened on that night? It downpoured. I mean, it rained. It was like a deluge. I thought the ark was going to float by here pretty soon. I mean, it was just, it was a lot of rain. And so there was a quick decision made. Let's move it indoors. And I'm going to tell you something. God did something special with that. What turned out to be like, I don't know how this is going to work, to one of the biggest blessings and might shape how we do things in the future, 2,000 people showed up that night. And instead of just walking through our parking lot, they walked through our building. And I don't know how many people came to church the next weekend because of that that were first-time guests, but I do know that there was at least six families that next weekend, that indicated on their connection card, we came here because we came to the trunk or treat. We wanted to check out the church. God's doing great things. Just a few weeks ago, doesn't seem like that long ago, about a month ago, we had our Charlie Brown event. And it was this big outdoor... Um, live production of Charlie Brown. The whole point was that we're going to try to invite the community and and they're going to hear the true meaning of Christmas. And we've never done anything like that. In fact, uh, last summer, John knocked on my door and he said, hey, I got this idea. It might be from God. You want to hear about it? I said, lay it on me. And then Charlie Brown was born out of that. We don't know all that God's going to do with that, but I think God had his hand on it if you could have an outdoor event in the middle of winter and 1,500 to 2,000 people show up. I don't know what God's going to do with all that, but God gets the glory. And then finally, I think about just what happened last week. Did, did you get to be a part of our, one of our five candlelight services? Well, I'd didn't, say, didn't our worship team do a phenomenal job last week? Man. They just created such a wonderful environment that gave praise to God, and, and nearly 1,300 people showed up for those. Now, I know I've thrown a lot of numbers at you, and I don't ever want you to think that we're about the numbers here. If we were all about numbers and filling seats, we wouldn't be doing anything that we're doing now. We'd have a completely different approach if that was our goal. It's not our goal. We want to make disciples. We want to see people experience new life in Jesus Christ. That's our goal. But numbers do tell us something. And what I think the numbers I've just told you tell us several things. I think first of all it tells us that three times in the last year we've had a worship attendance that exceeded 1,000 people. And there were several events in the last year that pushed 2,000 people. And I think it's a little bit of a snapshot of maybe what God is preparing us for on a regular basis in the future. But God gets all the glory for that stuff. There have been some outreaches to our community that we need to just give praise to God for. Just even here in this last month uh, at Christmas time, 48 kids um, were the recipients of our uh, blessing tree. That you rose up as a church family and bless these kids. I, I believe that's more than we've ever done in the past. 280 boxes went out this year with Operation Christmas Child. And then when those boxes go all over the world. A few months ago, we had a serve day. We, we said, We're going to go out and bless our community. And 150 people showed up, put on the blue t shirt, and said, Let's go to work for Jesus in our community. And they spread all over Bella Vista and did projects. You may not know this, but, but we were able to bless our schools multiple times this year, bless our teachers. Um, at Vacation Bible School, we take an offering, and we have this big competition between boys and girls and see who can get the most offering. But at the end of the day, we take that offering, and, and you know what we do with that offering? We, we go and we buy as many $25 gift cards from Walmart as we can buy. That's, that's what that offering solely goes to that. And then... Um, the weekend before school starts, we take those gift cards and we write cards to all the teachers and we put that $25 gift card in there and we put it in envelopes and we pass those out to all of our kids in our children's ministry and we tell them, when you go to your first day of school, you go up to your teacher and you give them this card. And so on the very first day of school, our teachers receive that card, they open it up and they read that this is a gift from the from the children of New Life Christian Church and this is to be used to bless your class, bless a kid, whatever you need it for in the name of of Jesus, God bless you. It's an awesome thing. We get thank you note after thank you note from teachers all over um, northwest Arkansas thanking our church for that gift in the name of the Lord. There's been several times we've had groups from our church that went into our schools and they would set up a coffee bar for all the teachers. Just say, we love you. In the name of Jesus, thank you for all you do. We've provided lunches for teachers, different things. It's just it's just way our way our, our, our church said, thank you, we love you, in the name of Jesus, God bless you. I think about other things that we've done here this year. We had a pretty big election in November, do you remember it? One of the things we do here every year when there's a big election like that, we do what we call an election outreach. What that means is we have a groups of people that bake cookies until the cows come home. And we set up tables full of cookies. Some years we brought in a balloon artist. We've had a movie station for kids as people come and they wait in line for a long time to to cast their vote. There are people in our community that will drive farther and wait longer to cast their vote here because they get such a warm reception. And there are people in our church right now that are actively involved in our church because they came here and voted and they received such a warm welcome. They thought, hmm, I wonder what's all about this church. I think about Thanksgiving Day where we had some people in our church host a Thanksgiving dinner and and we filled this place up with people. I think about Christine Thompson and her grandson, Jackson, who was the recipient of a Habitat for Humanity home, and I cannot think of anyone more deserving of that than her. And, And we got to see how 160 people right here in this church rallied around that and got that house put together. Many of those people showed up on the work site to swing a hammer. Others baked meals. They organized things. There was so much done that th- this church rallied behind the family, took up a love offering and provided all kinds of things for Christine and, and, and her grandson. And she told me last week at our, our candlelight service, she said, she says, oh, we are so looking forward to spending our first Christmas together in our new home. Praise God. Praise God for what he is doing in his name in this community. I'll tell you another thing. Local and global missions is something we need to give glory to God for as well here at New Life. Our missions ministry has always been a very strong ministry in our church. This congregation has a history of being a very generous congregation, and what our missions team does is we have a group of people, and they, they actively stay connected to different organizations and global missions around the world. They communicate, they correspond, they pray with, and we as a church family helped finance um, a lot of their work, These are organizations that can take the gospel to places that you and I would never be able to go to on our own. The Lord has leveraged them in a way, and we as a church right here in Bella Vista gets to be a partner with that. It's a completely, it's a team effort. You've probably heard me say this numerous times over the last few years, that over and over again in the scripture, it is the generosity of believers that fans the flame of evangelism around the world. And and that was true in the earliest days of the church, and it is true today as well. I'd say our missions ministry just in the last couple of years have even sent out people from our own congregation to different parts of the world on short-term missions trips Just in the last couple of years, we sent a team to Cambodia. We've sent a team to Haiti. We have a a, a lady in our church that every summer, she goes to Honduras to work with a mission down there. We just had a couple of folks from our missions team spend a couple of weeks in Thailand working with the Morse family, which is a, 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 a missionary family that we support through North Burma Christian Mission. And they got to spend a few weeks there working with them. Our very own Pastor Mario, he is leading a trip, a short-term trip to Mexico City later this summer. And they're going to be working with an orphanage, Dinos de Mexico, for a week. And in fact, there are still a few openings. If any of you are interested in going on that short-term mission trip, just talk to Pastor Mario and he can get you the details there. Not only that, but i tell you, I know there's folks in this church who their heart beats strong for global missions. In fact, just me even talking about it, it may have heightened some awareness in you. And if that is you, we'd love to see you get plugged in to our missions ministry right here at New Life. Um, In fact, if that's you, take out a card, a connection card, and say, man, I'd like to know more about getting plugged in with the missions ministry. My heart beats for missions. Missions. And I want to be a part of it. And Pastor Mario, he'll reach out for you this week and talk to you about what it's like to be a part of our missions team or, or Jeff Singleton here who's our, our missions team leader. would love to talk to you about what's all involved with that. But here's the bottom line. We need to celebrate what God is doing around the world. We need to celebrate that right here at New Life Christian Church, he has provided us with the resources for us as a church to be generous. And this congregation has given over $140,000 just in 2018 to, to spreading the gospel around the world through these global missions. It's phenomenal. You may not realize this on this side of heaven but your generosity, the generosity of this church is opening up heaven's doors and there will be people that you will meet in heaven that are there because you sacrificed and you were generous with what you had and those resources empowered missionaries to go out into far reaches of the world and share the gospel and we'll be in heaven together. And that is a praise God thing. That is absolutely a praise God thing. You know, there's so many So many things I could keep talking about, but I just don't have the time to do it this morning. I would tell you about how God continues to build this church staff and the the wonderful people that God keeps sending our way, like Stephanie Davis, who joined our team as our children's director this year, like Taylor Duke, who joined our team this year as our our student's pastor, like Chris Stevens, who joined our team as our facilities manager, and and the whole staff, high-quality people who I enjoy getting to serve with every single day of the year. I can tell you that I have personally enjoyed every single minute of this year working with our elders. God has given this church godly leadership. I praise God for the men who have served on that eldership this year. And I praise God for the many, 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 many people right here at New Life who give their time, their talents, and their resources to serve in so many different Parts of the church. I mean, literally, all of you are spread out through every nook and cranny of every ministry in this church. We got people in our church that serve faithfully every week in our children's ministry. We've got other people who serve faithfully with our junior high and our high school students. We have others who serve in the areas of benevolence, hospitality, and the administration of our church. Some of you pass out bulletins every Sunday or Saturday. You greet people with a warm smile. Others of you serve every week on our safety team, watching over us, helping keep us safe. Others of you uh, help countless people find parking spots or drive the shuttle or help people find seats when it gets really crowded in here. Many of you pass the offering plates or the communion plates, And others of you make sure that everyone has access to a great donut and a hot cup of coffee. Some serve in the ministry of prayer and encouragement. Others of you express your gifts in ministries of serving needy people and serving others. No matter where you serve, you are a blessing to this congregation and we give God glory for you. I hope you would agree that we have a lot to be thankful for in 2018. And I'll be honest with you, I cannot wait to see what God is going to do in 2019. And I'm confident that 2019 is going to be just like every other year in, the, in, in this, that there are going to be things that happen where we're going to scratch our heads and we're going to go, look what God did, because we had no idea that was going to happen this year. It's going to be so much fun discovering what God is going to show us. But I can tell you there are things about 2019 that we do know fact, we know it beyond a shadow of a doubt. We know that we will continue to be a church committed to seeking and saving the lost. We will continue our efforts towards our number one mission, which is to make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching everyone to obey the Lord. I know for a fact we will continue in that mission. In 2019, we will also continue to be a generous church giving to global missions, but we are going to be more strategic than we have ever been in reaching the lost right here in our backyard, Bella Vista. There will be new things that we'll be tackling together as a church family in 2019 that's directly... Um, towards that effort of reaching our neighbors right here in our great community. And I want to put a challenge in front of every single one of you today that calls new life your church home. I want to challenge each and every one of you to win one person to Jesus Christ this year. To challenge you to not let another year slip by without talking to somebody about the hope that you have in Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you to to write down the name of somebody that the Lord puts on on your heart and start praying for that person every day that their heart would be soft and open. If you don't know who that person is, you pray for that nameless person, and I promise you God will fill in the blank in due time. Don't let another year go by without putting your best foot forward to win somebody to Jesus invite them to church step out in faith be courageous invite them to youth group give God an opportunity to speak to their heart you know it says in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20 Paul says we are Christ's ambassadors That's that's what we are We speak for the Lord, it goes on to say, as though God were making his appeal through us. How does the good news go out? It goes out from those who already believe. Like God's sending us as his ambassadors into a lost world. And I'm challenging you, be one of God's ambassadors this year. You don't have to go far. Peter said it like this in 1 Peter 3, verse 15. Revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. Here's what I also know about 2019. We are going to continue to put a strong emphasis on ministering to the entire family. So what that means is we are not going to take our foot off the gas when it comes to ministering to children and when it comes to ministering to junior high and high school students. We're going to continue to do the best job as a church family we know how to do to make the next 208 worship gatherings biblical, God-honoring, exciting, relevant, and excellent. We're going to continue to pour energy into our life groups. We're going to do our best to make them great. As we, as we will also do with all of our ministries. We're going to continue to encourage and assist everyone in finding a place to serve in our congregation, a, a place to get plugged in, and we're going to continue to encourage everyone to be faithful with their tithes and offerings. And finally, I can tell you from the bottom of my heart, I cannot shake this feeling that God is about to do something huge in our congregation. I'm not exactly sure what that is. I know it's something that the leaders of our church here, the elders, pastors, others, have been praying about for a long time. As we observe what God is doing, what we believe God will continue to do, we've been praying about What big steps of faith God may be calling us to take in our time for His glory. I tell you, we certainly don't know what that is exactly, but it will be exciting discovering it this year. And I do believe that God will reveal what that is this year. So I'd like to ask all of you in our church family to please be in prayer about that very thing. Be in prayer about how God will use our church family to impact our growing community and what the good news of Jesus Christ will mean to those who are not yet walking daily with our Heavenly Father. We have so much to be thankful for and to celebrate, wouldn't you agree? All glory goes to God. And before we close the chapter on 2018, I'd like for us to just take a couple minutes, worship, take a peek back at uh, some pictures of what God has done this year.